I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Gentlemen, welcome to the NXT Rundown. I am your host, Ginger, and please, for the second week in a row, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jason. Hi, bud. How are you? Uh, Well, I'm on day four of my 10-day quarantine and, uh, you know, living the quarantine dream, if you will, but, uh, you know, so far, you know, continuing good health. My son and I, no symptoms, so... Hopefully we uh, we dodged a bullet and we're just being super safe and that's good too. So nice. so did you go and get tested or no? No, did, I mean uh, most places right now, the the places where it's easy to go are sort of doing testing only on symptoms and you need a doctor referral or whatever. Oh, okay. um, the other places you can go uh, are sort of like clinic areas where yeah. everybody with symptoms is going so yeah if i don't have symptoms i sort of feel like not bringing myself to a place where there are a bunch of people with symptoms getting tested <laughs> so um you know as long as i continue to stay with symptom with symptom free and uh i'll ride out my 10 days and that's what they say for non-tested non-symptomatic so nice. i'm gonna roll with that like i said it's it was unlikely Anyway, just because we happen to be in the same building as somebody, but mm-hmm. um, you never know. So it's always better to err on the side of caution. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing. So uh, I, I had my vasectomy last year just before it broke out, and you have to drop a sample off eight or ten weeks after and uh, to, to make sure that they got all the swimmers out of there and you don't have any left. So that was uh, March, April. And that's where things were really booming, so to yeah. speak. Uh, I, I never went to the hospital and dropped my sample off. I was not going oh. anywhere near a fucking hospital with that shit ravaging. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I had a little issue with that area a couple weeks ago and went to the doctor. And he's like, I was like, hey. Oh, no. He said, hey, uh. You never dropped off your sample, huh? I said, no. I said, I was not coming anywhere near a fucking hospital during that time. And he's like, yeah, yeah I, I don't blame you for that one. Yeah. So I had to go drop a sample off. Uh-huh. I haven't gotten the results back yet, but 
But at this point, it's been did, a, almost did, a, it's been a year since I got it. I think I would have had a baby by now. Did, did you fill the cup? Fill it? No. It was half you empty. By the way, you can't impregnate a sock. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I am married, so yeah, the sock is <laughs> s- socks get bit more loving than I do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I fucking. Yeah, he's like, no, I, st- I still want you to do it. I said, listen, Doc. He said, it's been a year. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I still want you to make sure. Yeah. But I think what the real issue is, they get money from hmm. finalizing it. So I think he just yeah. wanted the extra cash. That could be. Yeah. But like I said, I... I, I probably would have had a child I, by now. <laughs> it's sort of like that same thing that you hear with the COVID stuff. Like, oh, they get paid more. It's like, you people really, the people that think that stuff really overestimate, like, that's hospital administration shit. The doctors don't give a fuck. The doctors get nothing out of that. That's oh, no. The doctors get shit. what they make. Yeah. So, I, huh? No, I'm agreeing. So, I, I don't understand when people get all worked. Like, the doctors aren't going to lie to a patient and risk their medical license to protect, to make a couple extra bucks for hospital administration. It's just not, it's not even logical, but (laughs) as we've, as we found out throughout the course of this last year or so, logic doesn't, the the best thing I think I've ever seen, I saw the other day was um, (laughs) some, some ladies like going, it's like a little cartoon and this woman's going to leave and she's like, come on, honey. And the guy's sitting on his computer, and he's like, hold on, I found out something else about COVID the doctors missed, which is pretty much <laughs> which pretty much sums up most of the internet for the last year. Oh, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, my wife had, I had a great story about my wife, and she was supposed to tell it last night on Twat Magic, and she totally blanked and forgot to tell the story. Oh. Um, so I'm gonna. I told her I would tell it on this show because I knew you would actually get a get a kick out of it. Okay. Um, and it's related to to COVID vaccine, so it sort of fills in with what we were talking about anyway. <laughs> um, so my my wife was oftentimes will be texting text messaging other you know baseball moms from uh, our town that mm-hmm. she knows. Um, so she was just doing that with one of one of the other moms, or whatever. And then her mom texts her, and her mom her mom goes to my wife for everything medical, even though she doesn't work in the office, same office anymore as my mother-in-law's doctor. Yeah. But, uh, she still messages her like, well, what should I do with that? Like, call your doctor, call your doctor's <laughs> office. Um, but <laughs> so she got an email or a text or a call or something that said, you've been scheduled for a COVID vaccine by this doctor. She didn't recognize the doctor's name, and she looked him up, and it was like an OBGYN that she had never seen before. Right, weird. Um, so she said, what did my wife, like, I don't know what I should do with this. Like, she said, well, it's a COVID vaccine. If they're giving you one, you've been trying to get one. Here you go. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, remember how I said I was text I was texting with so and so, and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I was also texting with my mom, and I texted the other woman that maybe while you're there you should get your cooter checked. So, <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> Just, now, imagine you're having a random conversation like, oh, hey, can't wait for baseball to start. Oh, yeah, me either. By the way, while you're there, you should get your cooter checked. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, oh. stuck, stuck it well, though. So it was all... I'll laugh or whatever, but oh yeah, uh, I mean, what what more do you do? Do you get insulted by it? Like that's just a fucking laugh it off type scenario right there. Oh yeah, that's great. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> oh, God. I laughed for quite a while after that, and all I had in my head was Troy's soundboard going cooter. <laughs> so oh shit, that's great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Get your cooter checked. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that that's fantastic. Uh, so she. The, the question is, is she getting the vaccination? I don't know. I don't know. How that <laughs> um, I do know. I have my appointment. Um, I was able to get my first shot appointment. Um, I'm actually glad they they released in Massachusetts something like fifty thousand new appointments today. Um, I had already had one, uh, but my mom was actually able to get her first one, which actually makes me happy. Nice. Um, so we'll get, hopefully she'll get. She's actually got her. She's she got hers scheduled hers after mine, but hers is before her actual shot is before mine. So it's just the way Massachusetts works right now. Yeah. Um, also, we're gonna start. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Massachusetts, where where I live, mm-hmm. where you spend a good amount of your time, yep. uh, has announced that they are going to start allowing fans in the Bruins and Celtics and Red Sox games mid March. So, oh. um, oh. starting to move towards some so, normalcy again. Words that I never thought I'd hear. Oh, it's been a while. Uh, Absolutely. But although at this point, the way the Celtics play, nobody's going to want to go see them. But um, <laughs> you know, well, you got the green too. hatters. You got the green hatters. Uh, green teamers, you get it right. Green hatters, green teamers, eh, same thing. So that opens up, I think, a pretty good question. Do they allow VFW halls, fire halls, and stuff like that to open up for independent wrestling shows to start back up? So that's interesting. Now, first off, these facilities are at 12% capacity. Mm-hmm. Now, if that same formula holds true, there aren't a lot of promotions for whom it would be worthwhile to run at 12% capacity. Yeah. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't make enough off the gate to make it work. Um, but I also saw places that do not offer sit-down dinner service, like clubs and bars, will not be open until Phase 4. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would include VFWs. I would sort of assume so, but... Well, because uh, Joe... I think it was Joe Moakley. Uh, yes, Joe Moakley. Uh, By the way, happy birthday, boss. Yeah, happy birthday, sir. I think his birthday was yesterday, but ha- happy birthday. You'll, yeah. Uh, anyways, he sent a message in a messenger feed that I got going here with the boys, and... So says phase three, step two begins March first. Oh, you're on a you're on a fucking thread with the boys that I'm not on. What the fuck? Oh, this was like the uh, end of uh, the night, guys, for breakdown and setup and shit like that. You're you're too yeah, good yeah, for yeah. that stuff. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not called too good. It's called drives the furthest distance. <laughs> it's uh, called y'all live ten minutes away and I live an hour and a half away. So. <laughs> 
But uh, no, he posted uh, he, he posted thumbs up the feed. It said indoor venues, and this is begins March first. Indoor venues, in quote in uh, parentheses, it says concert halls, theaters, other indoor performance spaces opens at fifty percent capacity, and capacity maximum is five hundred people. People, uh, indoor recreational activities with greater potential for contact open at fifty percent capacity. So, I mean, by that. I mean, I, that, that you would think they'd be able to get into those types of places. Uh, this was reported by Fox 25, by the way, if, you, if you're looking to look into it. But, um, yeah, I, I, we're, we're going to get into it a little later but uh, in, the, in the news segment. But, um, man, I miss indie wrestling. I don't think – I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be able to uh, attend – Due to my job and them not being able to hold help, uh, but I I want to go to one. I want to bring my son to one. My son will be turning five on uh, March sixteenth, so I think he's at that age where he'll be able to go to those shows and kind of control himself. And I think it would be okay. a great experience. So so. Apparently, Joe read the parts that Joe wanted to read because if Joe scrolled further down well, in that article. Well, it, well he, he, he would, it was just a screenshot that he took. Okay. So. This is also from Fox 25 News. Okay. Um, All other phase four industries will not be able to open until a future reopening step. Those include road races, street festivals, parades and fairs which they, when they do outdoor shows, I would assume that would count. Mm-hmm. Uh, amusement parks, theme parks, outdoor water parks, indoor water parks, indoor and outdoor ball pits, saunas, hot tubs, steam rooms at fitness centers, health clubs and other facilities, beer gardens, breweries, wineries, distilleries, here's the kicker, bars, dance clubs, and nightclubs slash venues offering entertainment, beverages or dancing, and not providing seated food service. So that last line there, venues offering entertainment without seated food service, would strike me as sort of those VFW event halls and whatnot. Well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we're getting there. That's all that True. matters. And our, our numbers continue to go down. Our, posit- yes. our daily positivity rate, which was once over 8% uh, as of a couple months ago, post-holidays, mm-hmm. uh, uh, has now dropped below 2% and has held at below 2% for the last couple, basically the last week and a half. So that's a great, great, great sign. Um, we're, we're consistently back under 2,000 cases a day, which, again, we were up upwards of like 8, 9 at one point not mm-hmm. too long ago. So we are trending in the right direction. A lot of that, uh, hopefully due to vaccines actually working. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's hard to give a lot of credit to a whole lot because that's one of the major things that's changed since uh, things started to go bad again as we've implemented those vaccines. So yeah. and maybe I mean, they weren't a conspiracy. And my neck of the woods in New Hampshire, I think we've only had, I think yesterday we had zero deaths in only 19 new cases of COVID-19. Jeez. You know, so much better up there. Oh yeah. It, it, the weird fucking part is, I mean, Massachusetts, I figured if Massachusetts got bad, it would just uh, float up to New Hampshire because you get a lot of people that come from Massachusetts to shop in New Hampshire over that border. Yeah. And, right. you know, when, when Massachusetts started getting brutal, I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, 
I'm not being an asshole, but get me the fuck away from away from you know state lines. I, I don't want to yeah. fuck with that. And yeah. but it it didn't get too bad for a little bit. It did start getting well, high in numbers, but thankfully and you uh, guys. So and I sorry, and I do wonder because you guys a lot of people in New Hampshire actually work in Massachusetts and commute. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if the fact that people, a lot of people, were working from home helped keep that number down a little bit because those people weren't traveling to Massachusetts where they normally would. Yeah, that's true, and vice versa too. And I mean, people traveling right. from Massachusetts, yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just glad that we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. We we have that little fucking pinhole that we got. So let's not fuck this up and just keep going on the right path here. That's all I want. Yep. Because I eventually want to rebuy SummerSlam tickets in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, I, I, I can't tell you, APW, uh, there were talks, as I'm sure you're aware of, like when they were going to start running the show again. I'm not going to mm-hmm. you know, put anything out there. Oh, but yeah. uh, since the start of this thing, there have been talks about when we could do that again. So now there seems to be a little bit more of a concrete sort of time frame for when they're planning on, on doing something again. Um, and my take, and I, I spoke with Mike uh, briefly, and I basically told him the same thing, which is, uh, until I'm vaccinated, I'm not comfortable in that setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, don't think a lot of people will be, to be honest. No, and that's just, and and I, like I said, we've talked on the show. I I am a higher risk candidate, so mm-hmm. obviously for my safety, for my son's safety, oh, yeah. I am just. It's just to me, it's as much as I love doing it. There are greater risks, and and I have to be more responsible with my family. Um, you know, and like I said, like I said before. It, that's why one of the reasons I love working at APW, it's totally like not a not an issue at all. It's oh, just yeah. hey, whatever whenever you feel comfortable, we'll have we're happy to have you back. Well um, I mean there's other workers, I won't name names, but there's other people that saying I will not step foot in the ring again until there's vaccine and everybody's taken it. Which yeah. all the power to them. And, See, I, I haven't talked to any of them, but I do know there there are some who are hmm. very strongly feel very strongly about it yeah, i don't blame, uh, I, I don't blame them i mean i don't it's I, and, and, and like you said though like uh the the people who run apw i won't name names but it's they're they're being very good about it you know because yeah. i'm sure there's companies out there like oh fuck you there goes the rest of your bookings with us right you know what i mean and that's not the yeah. that's not the right way of doing business if you want people to like yeah. working in your company you have to come down to earth when it comes to dealing with shit like this Right, absolutely. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the time when I can actually feel comfortable doing it. But, you know, I, like everybody else, you have your own priorities and your own concerns and your own things that, are, that matter to you. And oh, yeah. it's it's like you mentioned, it's very important that you feel comfortable that the people you are working with and working for respect that and are willing to sort of work with you on that. So. 100%. And another thing is, too, like, we always talk about this. You gotta protect the boys. Unlike that gigantic piece of shit at Hunt, though. Fuck oh yeah, guy. fuck that guy. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, if, if we're talking about gigantic, gigantic pieces of shit, Todd Sopel no longer in the independent scene. Thank God. Um, well, he did, have, he did that, old wrestler's, that re- <laughs> he did that old wrestler's retirement when you retire because nobody wants to book you anymore, or nobody fucking likes you either. Uh, because you can't stare at people when you talk to them. Uh, so that's that brings uh, kind of brings a little side note too. Um, a lot of 
indies, I, I mean, this is kind of the way that APW is kind of kind of be running, but this is going to separate, you know, the people that are friends with the owners of the company and people who are good at what they do and are a draw and are just put being put, you know, at the top because they're buddies with the fucking owner or the booking people or whatever. So I just want everybody to be happy and I want people, the the independent scene needs to go back to, you need to earn the top spot. In my opinion, it's, it's interesting because, and I was having this conversation, I I forget who I was talking to, but Mm -hmm. um, it was an interesting thing. And, and and we're going to talk in a few minutes about, you know, Christian Casanova starting at the Performance Center. Uh, we've talked a lot about AG, Anthony Green, and then you start to think about who's that next guy in New England. And I think those two particularly were sort of like the the, the can't miss. These guys are oh, definitely yeah. going to end up getting signed sooner rather than later. Um, I don't know that there's anyone now that sort of jumps up to that level. Right out, right, to the top of my head, I'm not – maybe there is and I'm just not – thinking of it uh alex price has done a great job but you know his smaller st- size i don't know if if that call comes unless he bulks up or whatever but uh a guy who should get some looks i don't know if he I, not a guy whose name not enough people know is channing thomas um this kid's really really good he has gotten he has improved in leaps and bounds um and and he really just puts on tremendous matches whomever he works with so and great has a great charisma and personality again probably not there yet but definitely a guy i could see getting there now didn't Um, he travel over to japan for some bookings i know i know i believe he went overseas at some point to it's possible i know he's done some traveling he's done he's worked with Mm -hmm. a lot of the super indies like beyond and i think limitless Mm -hmm. a few times so so he is getting his name out there which is it's hugely important but um you know at one point we had dijak and briggs and uh, casanova and green and it was like you had that list of guys that you just knew like these were the guys um and now those spots are open, and it's and once once we get back into the swing of things and we're in full, it's going to be fantastic to watch who sort of and I hate to use this phrase, but grabs that brass ring and sort of establishes themselves as, hey, I'm that new guy. Yeah. Um, um, you know, there are a lot of incredibly talented older guys, but you know, uh, I'm I'm talking about that next younger guy to jump yeah. up and, and do that. So there's two names that kind of stick out to me. Um, one of them. It, like he's a little bit older, and it's no offense to him because he'll kick the shit out of me. Uh, Demon Ortiz, that guy. I, look, I, I love Louis to no end. I've I've known Louis pretty much since the day I started working mm-hmm. in wrestling. Yep. Um, he said he did a sit down with me. It was the first podcast he'd ever done. So um, I, I love Louis. Louis himself will tell you he's way too fucking old at this point. Oh yeah, and that, that's uh, what I mean. That, that, that's what I was saying. Like that it was a, a definite missed opportunity. Ugh. He should have been. Unfortunately, he came up, and sort of the same thing with uh, John Walters, R.J. Brewer. Yep. Um, they were they were some of the best workers in the country, but they oh. came up at a time when the only the only people oh, there was only one company nationally really, um, and he was only looking for six foot five, you yep. know, two hundred seventy five pound muscles. Now. Put so. NXT back in those days. Yep. Honest to God, you would have seen probably a good six to seven New England people on NXT on a weekly basis. I, I'm actually really glad that uh, John Walters came back and did a little thing with Ring of Honor at the Pure Tournament. Mm-hmm. I was like, some people really got to see 
what this guy, how fucking good this guy was and just never got the break he should have gotten. And that list, that list is very long. And obviously the oh, super yes. bad Steve Bradley is a guy who got signed and never got the chance to showcase what he could do. Yep. Probably, uh, you know, rest in peace, probably one of the most talented oh. performers New England's ever seen. Um, you know, you, uh, you think of Eddie Edwards got his opportunity with that uh, impact and stuff. So, yep. I mean, and again, he, if he there. was bigger, he probably would have gone further. Now, oh, I know yeah. there's the whole story about him and Davey and NXT and that whole deal, but, um, you know, that is what it is for those who don't know. They did have a tryout with NXT. You didn't hear that story? Nope. Uh, so supposedly they had they had NXT and Impact looking at them at the same time. And this is the story I've heard. So if it, if it's incorrect, don't. This is just secondhand stuff. Um, they had a tryout with both. There is video. You can go on YouTube and see the the Wolves in NXT. They did their tryout match there. Mm-hmm. Um, the tryout match in NXT was a little uneven. Um, not your usual quality of work as a team. Uh, and the story came out very quickly that Davey had decided he wanted impact because he thought they could have a higher profile there than a WWE product. Um, oh, and as a result, okay. he sort of tanked the audition a little bit, tanked the uh, the dark match there and um, created some friction between the two from, from the stories. But again, I don't know how true those are or not. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, conversation, Mike. Yeah, and you know, there, there's one there's one more name that kind of sticks out to me that, okay. um, again, it's kind of a size thing, but uh, Vern Vicalo. Yeah, and that's definitely a size, and and I hate to sound like a size queen here, but no, uh, yeah, that's definitely it's, it sucks smaller to say guy. it, you know, but um, it's like I think Vern's what five five maybe maybe five maybe. four something like that yeah. It, like he's got he's got the body for it and stuff, but you know I, I mean he looks up to Robbie, so you know. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, talk about a guy who's who's identified every flaw in his game and worked his ass off to mm-hmm. improve it. Um, I mean he's gotten himself into unbelievable physical condition. I mean oh, the yeah. guy's um, done tremendous work to improve that. Um, mm-hmm. He's charismatic as all hell. His work is solid. It's just you get to that point where it's like I, I just don't know if that size is going to allow him to take that step he wants to take. That's, which kind of sucks. But Drake Maverick is a thing, so you never know. A guy I haven't seen quite a lot lately, and I, I don't even know if he's – I think he's still working, but I haven't seen him a lot lately. But Obviously, nothing's been running, so it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce Bishop. Um I remember we had him and Christian Casanova in for an APW show um, as Killanova Inc. And it was my first time seeing Royce live. And the size of that dude in person, like the imposing physical (laughs) specimen, was like, wow, okay. I I didn't see it before, but now that I'm staring at you face-to-face, I see it. And then he went out and worked his ass off in the match. So Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) very sort of Roman Reigns qualities to that kid. So if he sticks with it, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him – just somewhere down the line, for sure. I, I mean, uh, me and you, we, we continue to talk about this. New England is fucking flooded with talent. Yeah. yeah. In the past two signings for the, the PC, uh, how, how many New Englanders? Uh, you had Briggs, AG, now Casanova. Um, was that it, or was there more? I think there were some guys who had come through, not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Not based here, but... But just over the last few years, you've got Todd, uh, War Raiders, you've got uh, Dijak, you've got 
like you said, AG and, and Christian Casanova. Now you've had uh, Diana's worked a lot down here when she was signed. Like mm-hmm. it's just the list is going on and on. It's a it's a big uh, big movement. New England wrestling is huge right now. And I mean, it's really cool to you know say that we've worked on shows with these guys, and then yeah. seeing like you see that they want it as bad yeah. as anybody else, and Absolutely. just to see them smiling and you know basically accomplishing childhood dreams is fucking amazing. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, well, I, I think we've babbled enough. Um, yeah, we've kissed everyone in New England's asses. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody kisses our ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what do we got for news, buddy? Well, I guess the no pun intended biggest story of the week, uh, (laughs) caught a lot of people by surprise, including in our host thread yesterday, Mm. uh, when it was announced. And I think a lot of people thought this was a work when it popped up, but AEW simply posting to Twitter that Paul White is all elite. And for those of you who don't know, Paul White is the official legal name of the man formerly known, I guess, as the big show in WWE. Uh, they released, they had a press release. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's a cup just right off the bat. As 2021 shapes up to be the year for AEW's biggest shows yet, today the promotion announced that wrestling legend Paul White signed a long term deal, adding yet another universally regarded name to AEW's roster of stars, legends, and upcoming talent. White will have an extensive role within AEW. This is the part that uh, sort of set my alarm bells off. And on top of his return to the ring, he will serve as a commentator on AEW's newest show, Dark Elevation, which will be a new YouTube show that they're running on Monday nights because uh, they need another YouTube show, apparently. And then uh, we'll only have women's matches. I probably won't even have women's matches on there. Um, <laughs> so, of course, a lot of people didn't even know Big Show was a free agent. The story came out very shortly after that. Uh, PWI Insider... Uh, PW Insider, I believe, broke the news um, saying that Big Show's deal was up with WWE. He didn't like their offer to resign, so he called Vince's bluff and left. Uh, negotiations on a new contract were said to have ended days after Show's last television appearance on the January 4th Legends Night episode of Raw. A source close, uh, source close to White said he was very open that night about his unhappiness about the situation. Um, they also note that while he didn't publicly announce his exit from the com- company, uh, WWE.com moved him to their alumni section on February 19th, and he changed his Instagram handle to his legal name earlier this month. So, uh, I joked about this being the biggest story of the week, but it really is, in a way. It's a <laughs> very polarizing story. A lot of people feel very strongly one way or another. Uh, Ginger, how, where do you come down on this? <laughs> um, you know... I, I, His final act in WWE was a heel turn on Vince. Was it? <laughs> uh, uh, see, here's here's the issue, right? Everybody bitched about him going heel face, heel face, heel face, and just bitching about him in general, just being... Uh, the one that immediately challenged Drew McIntyre after his WrestleMania victory, uh, and then we didn't see him for well, that like, made no fucking sense. Well, still though, it's a, but now people are like, oh, this is fucking great. This is a fantastic signing for AEW, is it? Because there was a picture show, uh, uh, kind of floating around. I believe Mick Foley shared it. I believe you shared it in our feed uh, of a picture from. 2010 
I think it was roster. 2009 roster, and it had basically all the same people. All the top uh, talents. All the top talents, and they're still working as top talents today. So I bet if you take... next time Troy wants to have that they don't make new stars debate with me where he says they they make new stars, I'm going to show that graphic. (laughs) So take that and look back to... I don't know, probably WCW 98-99. I'm not saying that AEW's top stars are WCW stars, but there's a lot that were there that are in AEW now. And people are going to try to shit on fucking Vince for booking the old-timers and shit like this, but... AEW just signed Paul White, who's obviously going to be an in-ring competitor, as you read in the article. The first thing they mentioned in the press release was return to the ring. Yes. Then commentator. Exactly. So, it's just another old guy coming in when uh, AEW, I believe, said, oh, we're not going to do that old-timer crap. But you got Stang, you got Paul White, you got fucking Taz taking up time. He doesn't bump, well, but he's, he's a manager, so I'll give him that. Tully Blanchard, Jake Tully Roberts. Blanchard, uh, Tully Blanchard, uh, did, did, was it this week that he worked a match? Next week. Next week. Oh, even better. Next week, Tully Blanchard, at 150,000 years old, is going to work a sh- match in a, 63, a but okay. EW. Hey, it looks about 150,000 years old. They also have Arn Anderson as an on-air character, Jake <sighs> Roberts. You know, don't fucking bitch about it in WWE if you can't bitch about it for AEW. That's my fucking point. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy that they signed him. Cool. He's still got a job. He's still in the business. That's a that's a pretty big guy to be, you know, bring, that, that's a guy with a fuck ton of knowledge mm-hmm. in the business that can help them out. All the power to him. But don't, uh, people need to fucking stop this bullshit. Like, I, it's I, sort I of, it. um, I don't know how you feel about this, but it sort of reminds me a lot, at least from the stories you hear, of the Macho Man situation, where Macho Man reached a point where basically Vince in the office said, listen, you're much better suited to commentary. We don't really see much for you in the ring at this point. And Macho felt like, no, no, I I still want to be a full-time competitor. I still have a lot to give in the ring. And he left and went to WCW, where he had several more years as a top competitive, Mm -hmm. top guy, full-time performer and you know helped have helped their ascent uh into the top top of the uh, ratings for a while there yep. um so yeah i, I think there's it, I, I see a very similar path here for the big show it sounds like he wanted to maintain or continue being a top guy in wwe and they just weren't feeling that and honestly as much as you hate to say it wwe needs to do more of that hence that graphic that you talked about because people want to talk about why we don't have spots for all these young talents it's because we don't while we continue to bring up new talent we don't phase out old talent at all so we just create this bottleneck um of very few guys that can sort of get past that bottleneck and into the top of the card but there aren't a lot of spots there for those guys to do that because the older established guys aren't moving on at this point and many of them should so we joked around about you know create a list of guys you would release on raw and obviously we don't want anyone to lose their jobs but at the same time 
you know, transition them into other roles within the company um, or, or sort of make them more part-time special appearance, special attraction type guys rather than, you know, do we need to see Randy Orton week to week headlining pay-per-views and, and Raw's probably not, you know, um, and that's no knock on Randy. I'm a big fan of Randy as a performer. Mm-hmm. I think Randy's fantastic as a performer. Um, and I know somewhere right now Sal is listening to this podcast and goes, well, what the fuck were you yelling at me about not wanting to see Edge? It's a different animal. Edge spent nine years away, so his return is sort of still new and fresh and something uh, to be excited about. We don't see him every week. We didn't see him every week for the last decade. Now, so I, I'm gl- I'm kind of glad you brought that up because people are bitching about Edge. Uh, it, 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 kind of the same point. Oh, you're keeping all the old times. Edge was gone for nine fucking right. years, busted his fucking ass, got some shit done, and is now back and possibly ending his amazing career on his own fucking terms. Yeah. Yes, he says that all the time, but I'm still in that fucking line anyway, so fuck Wolf. Um, yeah. But no, seriously, like people are bitching about that. It's like, yes, he was gone for nine years. He wasn't consistently right. showing up every, uh, maybe every other pay-per-view or every week or anything like that. Yeah. It was nine fucking years. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I think we went way off the, the yeah, tracks there. way but, uh, off the tracks there. We'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, with the big show. He's gonna, yeah. he's set to make his, I guess, on-air debut next Wednesday on Dynamite. So we'll see how that, how that goes and if we get sort of an inkling of where they're going with it. But they're sort of creating their own version of that bottleneck over there because we're already seeing some of their talented young guys being squeezed out of those Dynamite shows. Um, yeah. and you know, I just, I, I worry that they're going to start, especially where they, they don't have a second TNT show that a lot of us thought they were going to have by now. Um, where they're, you're going to start seeing some of that younger talent get frustrated that there, it'll be a very similar situation to WWE. Okay. Um, that does segue nicely to another story in the news though, Ginger. Sure. Um, because there have been some eyes cast upon the Twitter of one, Budrick Murphy, who has essentially disappeared from WWE television uh, since he went off to bang Rey Mysterio's daughter. Well, um, but I was gonna say Rey Mysterio's taking all his time. That was that was a part of the deal. Uh, you bang my I, daughter, I get you TV time. I mean, if he had chosen to bang Dominic, he'd probably be on TV because that kid's there every <laughs> fucking week. God. Just chose the wrong fucking you know, spawn, I yeah, guess. He, exactly, he chose the wrong fucking. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I guess some of his tweets uh, brought some attention. He said, uh, this was February 20th. He said, three years ago today, I debuted on 205 Live. It sparked my passion for wrestling again after I lost it. What's going to be my 205 in 2021? Sort of Im- intimating that he's maybe lost his passion for wrestling again. And it would be hard you'd be hard-pressed to not understand it. I mean, this is a guy who's as talented. I've heard people who are a lot smarter in wrestling than I am uh, make the case that this guy could be WWE's version of Kenny Omega. He could be that best bout guy for them and that top talent um, for a very long time. And for whatever reason, since he showed up, they just don't – I don't know if they just don't see it in him. I don't know if they – just stops and starts. I, I, I don't know what it is, but the guy's never held an intercontinental title, a U.S. title, and it should be in a heavyweight title program, along with, obviously, Aleister Black, who they had some of the best matches of the year a few years ago when they went head-to-head. 
Um, he followed that up with a tweet, and this sort of ties nicely into a point that I made a couple weeks ago on uh, WWE Rundown. When on February 21st, he said, so WWE Chamber is full of former WWE champions. How about a chamber full of the future? At Murphy, at Ali, at Alistair, at Cedric, at Kalisto, at Apollo, at Gable, at Ricochet, at Humberto, <laughs> at Angel Garza, and at Drew Gulak. Uh, to that I say, amen, sir. Uh, yeah, and uh, but, uh, was, was Andrade in there? He, I didn't see him. Okay, so where the fuck he, has he been to? That's a good question. Oh, damn. Uh, reports did come out a couple weeks ago that Vince just doesn't see it in him. And, Get, uh, oh, my God, dude. I don't know. I don't know. How do you not see it in that, dude? No idea. <sighs> I hate this. I hate <laughs> I hate that, dude. Vince? I love him because he's given me so many fucking years of entertainment but I fucking hate him. At a certain point, everybody, every single—I don't care who you are, how good you are, how how excellent you've been in your particularly chosen field—everyone loses their fastball, yeah. and it feels like Vince has lost his fastball. And Vince Hap is has throwing a thirty-mile-per-hour fastball right now. Yeah, he's trying to get by with with that fucking knuckleball shit, but it's <laughs> just it's not Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Uh, but it's just, <laughs> just not working, and. and you know, I, look, I, we joke all the time about AEW stands and stuff, but but look at the alternative Vince is presenting them. Oh, I know. Uh, Vince is doing more for AEW than AEW is doing for AEW. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, until that gets fixed, I mean, but but that's sort of what happens when your passion becomes a business. They're making money hand over fist, their highest profits of the year. So so in Vince's eyes, they're doing everything right. And from reality, a business perspective, yes. For a satisfied customer, no. No, he, he'd get a minus five stars on that one. When creates creatively and passion-wise, it's not anywhere close to the product that we all fell in love with a long time ago. But you damn well know that uh, he, yes, he has the last word on Roman Reigns, but... People are telling him, like, dude, just just let let this go, please. Don't fuck this up because you will ruin this guy. But those are the same people that for for years were saying, let's fucking turn him heel, and he was just so fucking um, locked in this idea that he had to be his next big face. Yeah. Similar to when people told him we need to turn Cena heel. Yeah. It's just he gets locked into his way of thinking, and he just. WWE was so much more entertaining years ago because you just didn't know. Yeah. You never knew what was going to happen. There were heel turns also all the time, randomly, face turns, alliances, breakups, yeah. up, uh, surprise wins, shocking upsets. Like, Unpredictability. You get nothing. You get nothing now. Mm. I mean, well, besides the Leon Ruff thing, but who? I highly doubt Vince really had a no, say. I, I guarantee you, Vince took one look at Leon Ruff. He was never letting him put a title on him. Oh, no. So it was like, fuck you, we're going to do that. And that was a surprise factor. Yep. I, I know me and you sure as fuck didn't see that coming. No, not at all. And, you know, that that's the shit that people want. They want unpredictability in wrestling because if that... It, it, God, it's so maddening. It really is. You know the beauty to me about one of the reasons I love MMA is because I can watch a random fight between Holly Holm and 
the most dominant woman to ever compete in UFC and Ronda Rousey to that point. And I can see Holly Holm knock her the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't go into it knowing what's going to happen in every fight. Huh? In WWE, I didn't always, it wasn't always that way. And occasionally, even now, occasionally you still get those matches. Uh, Becky and Shayna going into WrestleMania last year. I don't think any of us knew for sure which way that was going. Um, so th- there are those those matches every now and then, but for the most part, but, it's become incredibly predictable. Uh, yes, but uh, man, like it's almost like mania keeps them afloat. They they get the creative juices going this time yeah. of year for sure. And but. why can't you do that shit all fucking year round? You have the same exact fucking writers year round. Yes, you release some, but. That's not my point, but why why can't we take shit from between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania first, get rid of one of the fucking two pay-per-views that are in between, and take some fucking Get rid of lines. all the pay-per-views that are in between. Let's take Royal Rumble goes right into WrestleMania, and let's uh, tell good stories to build all the way to Mania like we used to do. Uh, yeah, I, I could go either way. I could have no pay-per-views, or, or I could have one pay-per-view right in the dead center of the two but yeah like why can't they do it year round I know it's mind boggling it is and it, it's really just soul crushing sometimes uh, with this product and and continuing to push people that just aren't connecting with their audience and god I love the guy in ring but Seth Rollins does not connect with your audience nope. it just doesn't certainly not with this character um, but it's going to continue to be a thing and Baron uh, Corbin does not connect with your audience. Not even close. He's out there every week when a guy like Murphy's there and could be a top heel for you and does connect with your audience. But Elias gets pushed and Murphy doesn't get used. Uh, and Aleister Black sits at home. Uh, yeah. Man. And Otis is winning the money in the bank. Yeah. Like it's just It's that's I don't know. It is what it is. But uh before we before we decide to open up a vein on this show, um, <laughs> another interesting note came across when Ring of Honor and it released that they are pleased to announce that EC3 has signed with the company. Uh, EC3 has been pro wrestling's hottest free agent since he hit the open market last summer, made a few appearances with ROH in the fall. He made his unannounced return on last weekend's episode of Ring of Honor uh, Wrestling to confront Jay Briscoe. EC3 and Briscoe have been scheduled to face each other at Final Battle in December, but the match was called off after EC3 tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, recognized as a two-time former world champion, EC3 boasts one of the most chiseled physiques in the sport and stellar speaking skills. Um of all the companies that you told me when he left Impact, that you could have told me EC3, or even when he left WWE, that you could have told me EC3 was going to end up on, uh, Ring of Honor would have been probably the last one I would have had. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a fan of EC3. I, I like his, he's he is a tremendous uh, promo guy. He's got a fantastic physique. But Ring of Honor is based very heavily on the in-ring performance, which is probably the part of uh, EC3's game that is most lacking. Well, maybe he's improved. There's always room for improvement on everybody, so maybe he's kind of snapped out of it, done some, kind of gone back to his roots, so to speak, and, you know, kind of improved his... Controlling his narrative, you would say? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that. Uh, Who knows? I mean, I I I don't... 
Well, I won't because I don't watch ROH, but um, I might see a clip or two. But Except yeah. when our friend uh, Brian Malonis is on there, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. If I hear he's right. on that, bang, it's on my phone or television immediately. By the way, yes. shout out to uh, Malonis and uh, Mike Crockett. They released a surprise episode of the wrestling podcast about Ooh. nothing this week. First, first one in like a year, so. Nice. Yeah, congrats to them. So, um, yeah, one more thing as we talked a little bit earlier about some of our friends. The WWE announced their latest class in the Performance Center, touted as the largest class ever. And by the way, that is a damn good photo of Taya, I'm just saying. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she looks damn, damn good in that picture. But, uh,. That class includes uh, Bronson Rex Steiner, who is the son of Rick Steiner. Rex Steiner, Rick Steiner, get it? Uh, college football player. Uh, Kira Magnan Forrester, who is, of course, Ty of Valkyrie. Uh, people know Parker Boudreaux, who's been much talked about as sort of like the Brock Lesnar 2.0 guy. Oh, that guy. Bunch of pictures with Eva Marie. Uh, except Brock Lesnar doesn't have gigantic love handles, so I'm sure they'll be working on that down at the Performance Center. Uh, <laughs> Sean Ricker, who you might know as L.A. Knight, uh, making his return. Angela Arnold, who has competed in reality of wrestling as Aqua. Um, unbelievable female talent. I know you've probably never seen her perform nope. in ring, but she is unbelievable. Uh, Christian Brigham, who some people in this particular chat here might know as Christian Casanova. Uh, Anthony Henry, who we talked about, who is a big uh, name in Evolve. Uh, Christian Hubble, the other Christian in this class, uh, <laughs> who was Blake Christian, uh, competed very recently over an impact on some of their, on, I believe, their last pay-per-view. Uh, Mitch, uh, Matrick Belton, college football player from South Carolina who trained at the CZW Academy. Uh, Cameron Clay, uh, who works on the Indies as Cameron Brene. I'm not uh, entirely familiar. She is apparently a very talented female um, and has worked with Shotzi Blackheart in the past. So they have some little, little uh, built-in chemistry there, I guess. Uh, Joe Ariola, not the nipple, 25-year-old amateur wrestler from Illinois. Uh, so, you know, they continue to bring in talented amateur wrestlers and hope to help them make the transition. Uh, Taylor Grado, competed in Evolve and Shine as Avery Taylor. Carissa Rivera, uh, New Jersey, uh, from the New Jersey Indies. Doesn't say what her name was over there. Uh, Chance Barrow, who is Harlem Bravado in Evolve. Uh, Teresa Serrano, who we've seen as Zoe Stark already in NXT, and we'll be talking about her in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Priscilla Kelly, who we saw in the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic uh, as Gigi Dolan. Uh, Brianna Coda, who is Cora Jade, also in the Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and Drew Casper, an All-American uh, amateur wrestler who was the number one seed in last year's NCAA Division II tournament before it was canceled. So, um, Oh, his brother also is in the PC, uh, joined in October of 2020. So, nice. uh a lot of, lot of names in there. Yeah, there's a whole fuck ton. I mean, me and you kind of discussed Christian Casanova already. Um, I kind of hope they let him keep that name. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. But with Christian, re, right. you know, that, that's probably not happening. But you never know. Uh, that's a big fucking number right there. Was it 14? Yep. 13? 14? Jesus. Uh, I have to, hold on, I'll count for you. They are on. trying to... They What are they loading up for here? I mean, god damn. You know, it's... 18 by my count. 18? Holy shit. Um, 
Shout out to Christian for posting on his Instagram him signing his WWE contract. Yes. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that Bordeaux guy, is that, is, that, is that his last name? Parker Boudreaux, yes. That guy, unfortunately, since everybody made the fucking comparison. Oh, dude, it's impossible to not make the comparison. Have you seen the guy? Yes, but don't fucking do that because now everybody fucking hates him telling you that right now but you know Uh, what that'll play great into his character it's gonna i can tell you the exact chant once a live crowd especially if he comes in with eva maria's his manager you're not (laughs) lesnar boom that's gonna be fucking and that's it and he'll work with it they'll get through it i I hope but uh, i i kind of feel bad because there are uh, yeah, that that just sucks. But I, if he does good, awesome, cool. You know who probably won't do that? Me. The NXT crowd. They don't tend to do those types of things. So True, if, he but, if he goes down there and dominates and establishes himself, by the time he gets up to the main roster, that, that stuff will be behind him probably. But Vince being the big fucking bulky guy might want to fucking bring him right up. That's possible, but I doubt it. Yeah. We'll, he, he's not. I don't think he's there yet. Um, but Obviously, he's never wrestled, so that's he's a college yeah, football. So he's kind of need a problem. Time, a little bit of an issue there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, for the females, awesome. Uh, I, I believe I've seen Valkyrie maybe once, twice, maybe in, from Impact. But I, I, all the other females, awesome. I mean, this is a big fucking class. So, and this brings. I'm, just, I'm curious to see Rick Steiner's kid. I, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I've never seen him perform. Uh, I don't yeah. think he's wrestled before. Um, but I was a fan of his dad, and he's definitely got a little bit of a look of his dad. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be interesting. He looks like a bad motherfucker, though. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, he does. So he is looks his like dad. a mean fuck. Yeah. But yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, but we gotta start flowing old talent out because you get a lot of fucking young talent coming in. Yep, absolutely. And that's and, the problem with these large uh, classes is where do you put them once they're ready to go? I, I I will definitely be tuning in if it happens. If we get AG versus Christian Casanova, oh, it has to happen. I my guess would be done two hundred five live. Uh, well. <laughs> If if Christian they they can build him at two hundred four. So uh, I don't know. Have you seen any of his photos lately? He's fucking ripped. He's putting in the work, dude. He is, but uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, if they, I I really hope I I would kind of see Trips going up to them and be like, go ahead, go 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 do your New England thing. Go ahead, boys. Yeah, go be. So we'll we'll see. Trips is a New England guy, so you know. And that's what I mean. No, he, yeah. uh, no, it's uh, it's quite interesting. But uh, congratulations to everybody, especially Christian. Um, it's fantastic, man. I'm, we're really fucking rooting for you and proud of you, man. So interesting. Eighteen fucking people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And that is going to do it for the news. Well, kind of. One more little fucking corner that I despise every fucking week. Ratings. Uh, AEW with 831,000 and NXT at 700. Holy shit. 734,000. What do you got? 
Well, a couple of things. I, as we were having this discussion about who would be sort of like the next um, big New mm-hmm. England thing, uh, I, so I was like, oh, let me just go look at some of these rosters. And I happened to pull up the chaotic roster. And uh, I didn't realize that Mike Verna was their heavyweight champion now, so good on them for that. Uh, but the one that should be my surprise was the New England champion, Adam Booker. I <laughs> he was back. Oh. A blast from the past there. Oh, and that. it just occurred to me the Maine State Posse is their tag team champions. One day we can get MSP versus MSK. Oh, man. <laughs> I have bad nightmares with uh, the backpack senton. Yeah, well. So they will slap the leg, though. <laughs> uh, talk to Louie about that. Um, so, <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah, I mean, AEW beat in NXT in the so-called Wednesday Night Wars. So, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even pull that up. I just jumped yeah. in shit. Yeah, so, AEW won by about 100,000 this week. Yeah. But, uh, n- but 90... Seven thousand. Similar to the conversation we had on WWE right now, it's like that audience is still stagnant at about eight hundred thousand. They just they they've sort of plateaued in that sort of region, and they AEW for all their talk hasn't grown past that group in about in about a year now. So now, if you see a bad year. drop next week, it's because of the big show. So WWE went to try and load up this week's show or next week's show I should say with the uh the whole both tag titles on the line the dusty classic winners and mm-hmm. so something may have happened that we'll talk about later that we've put some of that in doubt but um but they're definitely sitting there looking at that Cody match and going oh you know if I can have celebrities and tag teams we'll have great tag team matches from actual tag teams <laughs> uh, and then they went fuck Nia Jax is in there god damn it we can't even pull that off mm-hmm. but you know <laughs> Eh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, Jason, uh, are you Jeez. ready? Uh, are you ready, sir? I am. All right, cool. One second. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the NXT Rundown. We get a little build-up video package for Carrying uh, Cross versus Santos Escobar for later tonight. And when did that can turn into a no disqualification match? Did I miss I that? Did, I think it did last week. I don't recall that at all. I thought it did. When when he didn't show up, he told him it would be a no disqualification match and if he didn't okay. show up he'd get stripped of the title okay maybe, maybe I do now okay now that you say it, yeah he was like in a, on his Skype call okay no Regal was back there he was talking at dinner time no 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 yeah. he was on or all oh, it was two weeks ago that he wasn't live he was on Skype I'm sorry so yeah okay uh we start off the show with Dexter Loomis crawling through our televisions uh, and Dick Fuckface welcomes us to NXT. Uh, and Dexter Loomis is taking on Johnny Gargano in a non-title match. And the way he starts the show is like a little cheer backstage. <laughs> Any chance? That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> we like it. And Austin Theory pops me against us. They should really make that into a song. 
I love this I'm stupid gimmick from him. I think he he has the fucking... I fucking sound like a dick saying this. He's got the face for a stupid act. Sure. And he's got the awkward timing to yep. make it work. Yeah. And the, the the rest of the of the way just stare at him in disgust as if like just like just just shut up. Uh All right. Match starts once Johnny gets out there and Johnny goes to throw a punch, but Dexter stops him. Johnny drops down, scared, and slowly crawls backwards as Loomis crawls towards him and Johnny crawls to the outside and as Dexter follows, Johnny attacks him. What a jerk. Um a few minutes later, Loomis goes full stone cold Luthez press with forearm spot and all. It's more Ringmaster than Stone Cold, but yeah. Oh no. Awesome. Stone Cold used to do that. He used to do the Luthez, hit the punches. No, no, no. so did so did Ringmaster, but I'm saying his uh, Dexter's look is more sto- circa Ringmaster oh, era. Oh yeah, but I mean I was just referring to the move in general. He just didn't flip him off as he was doing it. <laughs> uh so they work a bit outside and Loomis throws Johnny in the ring, uh, then is distracted by the way. But then Indy Hartwell Catches Loomis's eye, and she tells him to call her. Candace goes for her Karana, but Loomis... She was horny as fuck, too. Dude, look at... Wicked! She was lust in her eyes. That's Loomis all I'm saying. Lust in her eyes. Dude, um, you missed a couple things here early on, too. Um, so, at one point, uh, Loomis goes to... Loomis, they're, they're on the floor, and Loomis hides under the ring while Johnny's in the ring. And Candace and Indy come over and they're like, they pull the apron up and they're looking under the ring for him. And, and the camera's cut so you just see Johnny and the girls. And then Austin Theory walks up behind Candace and Indy while they're looking under the ring. And he goes, Oh, I found him. He's right behind you. And Johnny's like, The fucking turns around into a beating. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid fucking. Uh... And Loomis, speaking of Stone Cold, have you noticed that Loomis has started doing the elbow drop like Stone Cold uh, used to do? The he f- did it in this match. Yeah, the forearm. Like the elbow drop, though. No, those, those, he, like, are you talking about after the Luthez? Might have been. Yeah, it was right, that, that's the full Stone Cold spot. Yeah, all right, well, it's, it was an elbow, but yeah. The elbow, forearm, smash, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> The arm hit, okay? <laughs> all, right, uh, all right, Dick Joseph. No, oh, Jesus. Oh! <laughs> so, on the outside, they're on the outside, and uh, Candace goes to Huracarana Loomis, but he stops, and he doesn't... He just lifts her and tosses her onto it's the apron. where you came from. Yeah, literally, right back to where the fuck she came from. She splits her legs, and Johnny hits a baseball slide through Candace. Insert joke about Johnny going through Candace's legs. Insert joke there. Yes. Uh, Loomis hits a clothesline in the corner, then a running bulldog, slingshot suplex, then a back suplex, nips up and hits his jumping leg drop, and that gets him a two. Uh, Okay, so... As we're going home, Johnny nods to Candace to distract the referee. He then tells Austin to grab a chair. So he does, slides the chair into, in the ring. 
Johnny goes to stop it, but Loomis puts his foot on it as Johnny goes to grab it. Uh, Johnny then hits an enzigiri on Loomis and sells his knee so that he gets the ref towards him. And he gives uh, Theory another chance to hit Loomis with the chair, but Theory doesn't do it for some reason. And Johnny charges Loomis, Loomis charges at Loomis. Loomis sidesteps and sends Johnny into Theory. Johnny turns around and feeds into Loomis. Johnny into the chair too. Johnny, yeah, chair and Loomis yeah. is holding it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny receives the silence and passes out, leaving Dexter Loomis the victor. Wow. Go ahead. Do you remember head? Do you remember heading into that match with Kushida? What the one thing I said I didn't want to see was? Uh, Dex Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. Yep. Um, and they had to go to a lot of um. God, I forget the term that, that Vince uses all the time on this, but uh, a lot of distraction stuff. Shen- shenanigans to make this thing look passable. Um, look, Dexter's not bad in ring, but he just his style doesn't um, lend itself to getting the most out of what Johnny Gargano can give you. Kushida did, yes, uh, and I was hoping we were going to continue that program, but this was definitely a step down in terms of the performance for Johnny. So now I said this a while ago uh, when the Forgotten Sons were still a thing. Um, Loomis has a WWE style. Not NXT yeah. style work. I think uh, I said that when he first started showing up. Yeah, I, and he yelled at me for it. Well, now now that I've should, seen more of him, and it, yeah, just just call him up. Uh, and but I am kind of interested to see where we go with this. But at the same time, I, we'll, we'll get into it later. Uh, I'm, just, with a, I'm so tired of the story of Johnny loses. Like, when it's not for the title. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm so over it. It's it's redundant. It's repetitive. They do it all the time. Like, huh. That's, I can't disagree with that. Because he hasn't won a match without the title on the yeah without the title on the line and. Uh, Says he fucking before he even won it. Yeah. And oh, even then, just he beaten with the title. Leon Ruff once, and then Kushida. That was it, right? Uh, Priest, I think, maybe? I don't think so. He yeah. lost. Yeah, No, he beat him. He beat him at uh, Halloween Havoc. To get the title, not to keep the title. Oh, oh that was for the title. Yes, it yeah. was. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah, I... Yeah, man. I don't know. Well... He def- well, no, he defended it against Ruff, and then Ruff lost. And yeah, I don't think he's won a fucking match since before even winning the title. That was a uh, non-title match. Uh, That's brutal. Yep. It's not a healthy champion, so to speak. I mean, Johnny's at the point where you don't need to really build him up credibility-wise no. anymore. But, but still, for for the credibility of the championship, it's nice to not have the champion losing all the time. Yes. Yeah, By the way, Indy looked fucking smoking in that outfit. My goodness. I don't, of, I don't often see her and go, wow, but in this particular instance, her makeup was on point, her outfit was 
was 100%. good. And the fact that she she fucking her water broke when uh, Dexter Loomis looked at her in the <laughs> eye was dude. She the the floodgates so to speak opened up. Basements flooded all over the performance zone. All over, and it was like, wow. If I could get my wife to look at me like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Regal is seen outside looking for Santos to see if he had arrived yet, but he hasn't arrived. <laughs> and Regal tells the cameraman to tell Escobar to come and see him when he gets there. Uh, we then shoot to a peek behind the curtain a little bit for of MSK. Uh, Carter is wearing a John Cena t-shirt during this segment. I popped because it was kind of funny. Uh, so they, like I said, they, they talked about their personal lives. Yeah. And it, it was, it was nice because it, it kind of showed how they got there and then uh, it gave them a little yeah. bit of a backstory. It was a lot of personal stuff. It yes. made them much more sort of relatable, mm-hmm. uh, and much more endearing to the audience um, showed a little bit of their personality and their humor, as well as talking about some of the struggles in their life. I know um, Nash Carter talked about losing his dad and mm-hmm. how his dad never got to see him sign WWE and how it would have meant the world to him and all this. Mm-hmm. So very humanizing, very sort of um, endearing them to the audience. And I think it, it was very effective if that was the goal. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was well done. I thought it was good oh. stuff. Really, really good package they did there. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, then dinner time, and her guests are MSK. And, and we went, fuck your really good vibes. Fuck your really good vibes, because Grizzled Young Veterans are pissed off looking for revenge, and they come to beat the shit out of MSK. Yeah, and we'll, we'll spoil it a little bit here. The story they told later was that uh, Wesley's hand was broken in this attack. Um so basically what they did here was either by virtue of losing because of the injury or having the match put off, they gave themselves an out to not put the titles right on MSK because they won the Dusty, which is probably a smart move. Yeah. You don't want to push them too high because... There's and, nowhere to go. A, there's nowhere to go, and there's... I mean... Uh, so little peek behind the curtain in the wrestling world, and Ginger, you can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Um the worst position to be in is not bottom of the card. The worst position to be in is former champion. Yep. Because it's so hard once you lose that title to find something that feels as important. Nothing will feel as important as, as title defenses and title matches. So there's always a natural like, ah, shit. And I think you saw it a little bit with Moxley, too, in AEW. He lost the title to Omega. And then there was definitely a, a cooled-off period for Moxley. Now he's back to fighting Omega at the next pay-per-view, but whatever. Um, but every time someone loses that top – even Jericho. Jericho took a lot of steps back after he lost to Moxley. Um, and, and the same thing happens all over the place. Adam Cole lost to Keith Lee, took a little bit of a hit back, because there's not that next program you can jump to that's going to be as important. Mm-hmm. So um, that's always the toughest thing. So if you can prolong that and just keep MSK – as like a top thing and sort of keep building towards that title mm-hmm. moment. And it's going to mean much more when they finally do win the title. And they're going to have a nice long reign without ever hitting that sort of point of being a oh, fuck, you know? And, you know, maybe we'll uh, see some title defenses once they win it, because fuck all we've seen 
what they they've I don't even have they even defended those fucking titles since they won them one and two. Uh, once against Fandango, I believe. Brizango, like, Brizango. What was that fucking three months ago? Something like that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And they weren't even on the goddamn television this week. No. Nothing. Nope. Oh. Ah, my God. I mean, they were in the main event last week, but. No, yeah, but they. They haven't fucking defended those titles. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, Tyler Rust. Pete, Pete Dunn must have forgot to drop them off at school this week. <laughs> Tyler Rust versus Leon Ruff. Ruff was getting checked in the back earlier today, uh, and Malcolm Bivens was, like, chilling by the computer, and the doctor clears him, and Bivens immediately jumps out of the computer Okay. After, uh, okay. This is the second fucking week creepy ass Malcolm Bivens has been hanging around the trainer's room for no fucking reason trying to get a match for Tyler Rust. Wicked creeper. <laughs> this is well, so it is creepy, but it's also sort of fucking brilliant in that Bivens is back there looking for opponents for Rust who are weakened and <laughs> not at a hundred percent. It's sort of actually a smart manager move if you think about it. It is. And he, he, he eggs him on, too. Like, yeah. like uh, Ruff was kind of like, eh, but then uh, Bivens said something about <laughs> uh, him, and it got him all fired up, and he accepted the challenge. And then we go out to the ring, and Bivens is cutting a promo on him, and he says the, my favorite thing, Leon is the son he didn't have and never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This was this might have been my favorite match on the show. I, I'll let you do the recap because it's very extensive. Oh yeah, as Ruff poses on the apron during his entrance, he gets kicked right in the fucking face. Oh. He fucking oh. ate Isaiah Swerve Scott's boot so fucking hard. He's going. He, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he tasted it in his mouth for breakfast this morning. My oh. God. Oh, it was my favorite thing I've seen on NXT in a long time. Just and, got Leon Ruff's fucking head kicked off. And uh, I specifically put this on here. Um, so Scott Scott pummels him down a little bit, and uh, he drags him over to the commentator's table, and Swerve proceeds to say something that Jason and I have been saying for a few weeks now. He's tired of Ruff getting a bunch of opportunities, and Scott doesn't. By the way, Ruff on TV again this week. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on TV after this week. No, but maybe not. Thank you, Scott. I never thought I'd be thanking you, but my God, thank you, because you fucking kicked him out of television, hopefully for a few weeks, until he Good. comes back and interferes in your match. Good Lord, has this new attitude done a lot for Swerve. Like, oh, he yeah. feels so much more important now. Well, fuck yeah. Absolutely, but he should have gone in there and whooped the fuck out of Tyler Russ, too. Agreed, yeah. But but then Russ just claims victory. <laughs> He's just like, hey, I, I want it. <laughs> I have the note that that was the best Leon Ruff match I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. That match didn't even fucking happen. Uh, so, I, cool. More Scott, more of this Swerve Scott than the yes. calm, cool, collected one. I like this. Well, I still like that this guy's like, he's still like a smooth, like, 
you know, but but now he's got a little badass attitude to it, and I like yeah, I love a little it. Attitude, got a little chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I don't know with that. Regal is out back, and he catches <laughs> up with Zoe Stark. The and... worst production moment of the show. Oh man, he informs her that he has been given the op- an opportunity to get to her to face Io Shirai tonight. Regal just out here giving out matches to against champions. Uh, dinner time is then backstage with Zoe Stark, and she's a couple words in, and they have a super fucked up malfunction with something out back. And Eo they just go- cuts the EO frozen, like walking to the ring. I know, and then they say fuck it and go to a live shot shot of a dark arena. And then Zoe Starks makes her way out. Um. We then go to commercial after keep Zoe mind. gets keep in the in ring. Mind. Keep that in mind. Zoe Starks makes her way out to the ring. Yes, yeah, definitely keep that in mind. And uh, they're going to fix their fuck-ups during this commercial. <laughs> so we come back. Not to Zoe in the ring. Uh, Cameron Grimes. Cameron <laughs> Grimes. Watching Ted DiBiase's video from the infamous basketball dribble scene. Um, and hey, Grimes goes on to say, uh, when you got money, you can humiliate whoever you want and he's got plenty of money. So he walks up to two people sitting behind him. By the way, did you buy GameStop? Cause it went up huge again the other day. I heard about that. And I, I don't think there was any controversy to it. Kind of weird. Oh no, it was shut off, but motherfuckers. That's, that's illegal. Um, so he walks up to two guys sitting behind him as he's cutting a little promo, watch, done watching that video, and one guy walks away, and then he challenges the other guy to see if he can dribble the basketball ten times, and he will give him $1,000. Uh, the guy does it, ten dribbles. Cameron Grimes says, I didn't think he'd actually do it. The guy <laughs> then says, DiBiase kicks the ball away at nine. <laughs> He's like, did you watch the whole video? Well, no, I didn't watch the whole video. I got the idea. Yeah. Grimes then starts to curse Ted DiBiase and says he should have finished the video. <laughs> so he had to pay that guy $1,000. Yeah. I like the evolution of these throughout the night. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk about them. This is what we're going to do with this. Like, he's going to slowly just do this dumb shit and lose all of his money doing oh that, right? God. It's gonna, it's gonna That's be. the gimmick. Uh... They then shoot to a tweet from Adam Cole saying he will explain a lot more than just why tonight. So after oh, after a whole video package recapping what happened between Kyle and Adam last week. Yes. So probably eight minutes since the commercial. Eight to ten. Yeah. Eight to ten. Okay. Uh, Zoe Stark, I think they forgot, was in the ring and she's getting ready for her match with Io Shirai. She's very loose and ready. What? She has to warm up. The fuck? So, my guess, they were trying to fix video. They played those packages to fucking fix whatever the hell I, haywire shit went no, happen. No, because they were back live in the arena for Zoe Stark's intro after that fuck up. Yeah, but I think they just went to break to get everything fixed. I don't know. Everything seemed to be working fine. It was the post-ops. They didn't need to do that. No. The backstage stuff. They could have done that separate. They, was, they could have gone live to the ring. And I, they, I think this is how it was formatted, which is really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, it's also very WWE. They do this shit all the time to people. So. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. Ah, very, 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 very super light chain to start. Uh, EO goes for a somersault over Zoe, and it just doesn't work at all. It's so, like a uh, handspring off of Zoe's back. My my note here from the, is, is that they're very clearly early on in this match not on the same page, particularly like the, the timing of the spots coming off the ropes yep. was really off. Yeah. And, and <laughs> there was one where Zoe got her pretty good on a fuck up, and mm-hmm. then they go into the corner, and Io just starts stiffing the shit out of her. Yeah, with the boots. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I take this note. Io is. Just not giving a shit about this match, so why should I? Uh, I then jump to Stark. I disagree with that. I don't think EO was not giving a shit. I thought EO tried very hard to get this back on the rails, and by the end, I thought they they finished stronger than they started. Oh, yeah, I, anything would have fucking finished hard, better than it started. Uh, Stark goes for 450, but she lands on her feet and rolls through because EO moved. And both competitors go for a crossbody, and that causes a double down. EO hits a Frankensteiner, then a double underhook backbreaker. That gets a two. Stark hits an absolutely dogshit German suplex for a two. What the fuck was that? You're not talking about the half and half, right? No, I, I don't know, but she, like, dropped her off to the side with the suit. It was fucking weird. There was a half and half, and it might be the half and half that you're thinking of. Because Maybe, I didn't but. Notice it was a half it, and half until then, but she almost paralyzed EO because she dropped her, like, right on her fucking head. Ugh. It was God. ugly as shit. Uh, then Io says, fuck you. Double knees in the corner. Then over the moonsault. And your winner is Io Shirai. Now, you could tell that this match was laid out to make Zoe look really fucking strong. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> About that. Yeah, it didn't it, it? there was... I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know what it was. But something was off here. These two had no chemistry in there on this night, for sure. No. Absolutely, 100% not. Um, after the match, Tony the Booty Storm in some fucking cut-off jean shorts, and my God, her thighs, I just want to wear them as earmuffs. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Oh, God. That's all I want to do. Uh, <laughs> says... She kicked EO's head off last week, and EO did absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> this I specifically, because this totally fucking sounded like EO. She then says, EO cunt beat her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking accents, man. I was like, whoa, did she really just fucking say that? Uh, EO then screams at her, I will fight you anywhere, any place, anytime. And that's it. Yeah. And then she tells she tells EO to find Regal and go make the match. Yes. And yeah. More on that later. But seriously, dude, you have to admit, dude, those the the Tony's thighs, holy shit, those things are mash bangers. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh god. Give me that shit. Very thick girl. Oh my god, dude. So, (laughs) we then go to dinner time. She catches up with The Way. 
Uh, Gargano proceeds to tell her, not tonight, not right now. We are trying to leave. Can't you see that? I love how he goes out, McKenzie. Like, I don't have time for this, McKenzie. <laughs> fucking amazing chemistry because it's hilarious, dude. It Seriously, works fucking yeah. perfectly. Um, it's like what the Rock and Coachman used to have. Yes. Uh, Theory then says he didn't hit Loomis with the chair because it wouldn't have been very nice. Johnny, Johnny just looks at him like, what? 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 Um, Hartwell proceeds to call Loomis hot. Yeah. Candace and Johnny are just like, what What the fuck is going on here? What you, uh, how do you not notice this? You slipped in a puddle like oh. a ringside that she left. <laughs> uh, Johnny then informs Theory that he is going to put him through therapy. And me, myself, and I are looking so forward to those fucking segments. It's going to be phenomenal. Maybe even more phenomenal than AJ Styles. I hope they bring back uh, was the doctor from the uh, Team Hell No stuff. Oh no no no, Doctor O'Reilly. Yeah no he's got he's got herniated discs in his back. Oh right 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 yeah. Damn. And he's out he's he's out of doctoring for four to six weeks. <laughs> uh, so now that we're kind of passed through that whole segment, what the fuck are we doing here with that with Indy so? So, do you remember how what I've been saying about Dexter Loomis? Hold on. Jason, do you want to um, inform me on who you said would be a great uh, female uh, person to go with Dexter Loomis? Well, first I said Santana Garrett because they had history together. But I said, if you're not doing Santana Garrett, Indy Hartwell has a good look to go with him. Oh, hey, what do you know? And she's flooding basements over him. <laughs> that said, I can't imagine they break up the way at this no, point. But no, if if they do, shame the fuck on them because this shit is amazing. But yeah, no, uh, I, it's it's creepy now, right? What the whole? I say it here, dude. You, that's it's thing. been creepy since fucking like the, the first eight times you did it. What are we on fucking 30, 40 now? For Christ's sake. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I I really I don't know where this is going. I don't know, like I don't understand, like Loomis kidnapped Theory and he's like protecting him. Well, they're, they're doing a thing where Theory's got Stockholm Syndrome, so he was saying, oh, it was nice, I went on vacation, there was ice cream, like, he took, Loomis took really good care of him. <laughs> which which like, I think um, Johnny actually called him out on, too, he's like, yeah, yeah so that, that was good. But still, like, I, I don't know, man, I don't know. Do you know who was less fucking annoying this week? Vic Joseph. I didn't. I don't have a single note about him fucking anything up this week. All right, well, just for that, I'm sure he still said some stupid shit, you know, but we just didn't catch it. Yeah. Oh, you know what he did that was fucking stupid? And I'll call him out on this. When they showed Wade Barrett wasn't there, uh, and they showed a little graphic in the corner, Vic Joseph proceeded to pretend to tap him on the head of the, um, like, no, dude, no. You're not funny when it comes to this shit, Vic Joseph. Mm-hmm. You're not funny. I don't know what I, I don't Barrett know what she much, sees in you, but 
Wade Barrett is much better better primed to work remotely than Beth Phoenix was because I didn't <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even have noticed Wade wasn't there if they hadn't told me. I thought he didn't miss a beat. So no, of course he fucking didn't. He didn't seem awkward and off like Beth did that whole time. But I will say, uh, thank God for Beth Phoenix for that segment last week. I still fucking chuckle when I watch oh, yes. watch the clips. Uh, anyways, back to this week. Uh, we then get a light build up for Zaya versus Casey Cotton Zero coming up next. I'm but sorry, first, what? Casey what? Cotton Zero. Okay, sound like I said something else. What do you think I said? Like I said, Cotton Zero. Cotton Zero. Casey Cotton Zero. Uh, but before we get there, Cameron <laughs> Grimes is walking outside and uh, 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 somewhere. Kiss my grits. Kiss my kiss my grits, kiss my grits, Ted DiBiase. Um, so there's three. There's a male and two females sitting on like a little. I hope when he starts wrestling again, that's his new theme song, that rap song they did for him. Oh, if it's not, then there's a fucking problem. Yeah. Uh, so. He's still on the fucking basketball dribble gimmick here. Uh, he challenges one of the females, and <laughs> she calls him out saying, "What? Did you catch the fuck up here?" No, he tells I didn't. her he's gonna he's gonna give her ten grand. Oh, did <laughs> he's he? Like a thousand dollars. So he starts explaining it to her, and she goes, "Like the Ted DiBiase thing." And he starts fucking flipping out, and she stands up, and she's towering over him, probably because she's standing on a corner, like a, not a corner, a uh, uh, stoop. She was on a stoop. Because as soon as she steps down, they're the same height. <laughs> so, uh, so, he... She does the challenge, and as Grimes goes to away, yeah. yeah, as Grimes goes to kick the ball away, she does a quick crossover and succeeds with the ten dribble, and Grimes just I, starts losing his shit again. I am very impressed, Ginger, for a hockey guy to know what a crossover is. I'm very impressed. I used to play basketball. I was in the fucking championships in fucking eighth grade, brother, brother. <laughs> I, I, I was in. Fa- I, I was. I was a fantastic bench warmer for that yeah, game, yeah. but I. I was there. My <laughs> team made it. Uh, but no, uh, she. She fucking succeeds. Uh, she tells him to give her her money, honey. And then he proceeds to curse Ted DiBiase even more. God damn you, Ted DiBiase! I'm gonna get you. Yeah. <laughs> Next up. Casey Catanzaro versus Zia Lee. Casey immediately attacks Zaya, who's apparently supposed to be her friend, but she attacks her anyway. Uh, and then Zaya cuts her off with a hot shot across the top rope. Casey eventually gets a little bit of a fire spot, and they go outside where Casey is slammed into the boards face first. Zaya then stamp- stomps on Casey's leg, and she sells it like it's broken. Uh... I thought this was pretty good. Zaya then drags Casey up the stairs and back into the ring, but Casey can no longer continue, and the ref calls off the match. 
How incompetent was this ref? Like, the girl's clearly got a broken ankle on the floor, but you allow her to be dragged back into the ring before you go, oh, yeah, no, 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 she can't go anymore. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I really enjoyed the dragging up the stairs portion. Yeah, I mean, that part was fine, but this is... No, if we I, I started, know. If we were to start a new segment where we could go, you can eliminate from the discussion the part of one part of the show that you, had, you gave zero shits about, it would be this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get, then Caden charges at the old dragon thing, sitting down on the apron, or apron uh, up on the ramp, questioning what she's done to Zaya in back in the ring. <laughs> Zaya delivers her spinning kick to Casey as the refs are helping her away. Ha! Right in the fucking face. Uh, what did you call, what did you call the character up there? Uh, the old dragon thing. The old dragon thing. I, it's, uh, was it May or something like that? Oh, I don't fucking know, dude. They've said her name on TV. Yeah, it, uh, might, it might be May. It might be May. Yeah, May Ying. May Ying, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. So, Casey Kenzaro. Well, that was the story. It's like a fucking 10,000 year old dragon that's actually human or some shit like that. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Um,. Casey's going to be gone, um, and Zaya proceeds to tell Caden, you're mine next week. We've we got to free up some spots on the roster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And nobody the- wants to work with Casey because of her fingers. <laughs> Smell like Ricochet's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Go to tie up. Oh, God, what is that? Uh, <laughs> no fish hooking, Casey. Oh, we then go to Regal outside, still waiting on the arrival of Santos Escobar and company, but they still haven't shown up. I tell you what, I give Regal credit for a lot of balls, because that's now twice he's gone into the uh, performance center parking lot. That doesn't usually work out too well for me. <laughs> uh, we get a promo and video package building up the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, I really like the line of Shana, Shana says... All that's left in, as, as in NXT is her leftover scraps. I thought it was fantastic. And her girlfriend. Who's her girlfriend? Dakota. Yeah. What? I'm lost. No, no, we'll talk later. Okay. Um. So... I wish that could be a title somehow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so apparently that's going to happen next week. That match for the yep. women's championships. They said that last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I I really fucking hope that Raquel and Kai win them. I really do. They won't. <sighs> they just started a new program on the main roster for Nia and Shayna, so. Who are they beefing with? Lana and Naomi. Oh, come on. That's a two-second fucking thing. Well, they, they and you don't both. need the fucking women's tag team championships for that fucking thing. Shayna's never going to agree to lose those fucking belts. Once they lose those belts, Shayna has to work a program with Nia. That's why Shayna's fighting <laughs> so hard to keep those titles. The one thing that I can see happening 
is during the match, Lana and Naomi come out to distract Nia and Shayna. I think you really badly want these titles to stay down there, and Vince McMahon is not taking a WWE title and sticking it down there. He already gave him the Cruiserweight title. Oh, yeah. About that. Cameron Grimes is <laughs> outside, extremely pissed off. He's in the parking lot. And uh, Mr. Regal is lucky he went back inside because Cameron Grimes would have called him over. <laughs> uh, he calls over some guy and tells him to do the basketball dribble for $1,000. And the guy replies, like the DiBiase thing, and Grimes proceeds to lose his fucking mind. So yes, the, the, the DBS thing. Uh, so the guy dribbles once and Grimes proceeds to just punch him right in the face. <laughs> I fucking popped so hard for this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks away all proud of himself. Yeah, he throws a bunch of money in the air happy in a happy way and he just walks away. Hilarious. Oh my god, it was so, it was such an amazing ending to what the story for this was throughout the whole episode. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Now what they need to do is have him buy the North American title off of Johnny Gargano. <laughs> like all of Ted DiBiase's biggest things, like he needs to now try to recreate them. Oh my god. Which 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 thing did RVD do for DiBiase? I forget. Because you know you know about that, right? Rob Van Dam was one of the kids to do a DiBiase thing on television. Oh no, I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, he was one of the kids years and years ago. I forget what fucking thing it was, but yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see what else he tries to mimic, dude. I. I I fucking love this whole thing. I really do. Uh, you know, I've, like... He, uh, he kissed Ted DiBiase's feet. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. For a hundred bucks. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, how do you feel about this whole uh, Cameron Grimes money gimmick? It's, I feel the same way I felt about Cameron Grimes for a while. Like, the segments themselves are awesome. I don't feel like it lends himself to, to him being a serious like champion, unfortunately, which he probably should be. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he's too far down the comedy hole now. It's gonna take some serious work to get him back. I don't know. I mean, when was the last time he was in the ring uh, against Champa? Against Champa. Because then he's, um, uh, he's one of two people that's pinned Finn Balor on the main roster on, on NXT since he returned. So. Yep. Yep. Is that? Just run with that. Well, they kind of already did that, and then Finn beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, we get Drake Maverick and Killian Dane versus GYV. Oh, fuck. Remember when I said earlier if I could pick one segment to say I don't give a fuck about? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And it's not GYV's fault. I, I actually sort of have started to really enjoy them, um, but... I just have no interest in anything Killian Dane and Drake Maverick do. You know what I fucking hate that they do in their fucking promos? And soon. Yeah. To, I fucking hate it. You're supposed to. That's good. I know, but I fucking hate it. Like, no, like, it, it's it's to the point where I want to mute the fucking television because I, 
I just can't stand to it. hate it that much. I fucking much. hate it. I hate it. hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Man, you work yourself into a shoot quite a bit here. I do, and it sucks because that's <laughs> how much I fucking love wrestling. Okay, just leave me yeah. alone, all right? Uh, so they come. I forget out. who the Charlotte got you there at one point too. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, Grizzly young veterans come out complaining about losing the Dusty Cup. And Billy Regal, and Sasha being on every week. Uh, and Regal had fine. This shit's them. way more interesting to talk about than this match. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you want, I can just jump. Yeah, go ahead. Let's do that. Okay, we'll jump. All right. Uh, Maverick goes for something off the top, but gets pulled down by Gibson and Grizzled Young Veterans, then hit the ticket to Mayhem and get the three. Yeah, that's I it. mean, that's really it. There was nothing of consequence that happened in this match other than that. Uh, there's one move that I did enjoy because it was actually kind of cool. The uh, follow-away slam Samoan drop combo by Dane. Mm, yeah. Pretty impressive. I've seen it before, though. Yeah, but still, I like it. It's, it's a big man yeah. move, and... Which will sort I, of throw in motherfucker A and motherfucker B, but kind of. But we'll we'll get into Dane a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, we go to the outside and Legado del Fantasma pulls up and Raul and Joaquin stand on the outside of the uh, outside of the car, standing guard. And we go to commercial. We come back to Dane bringing Drake to the medical portion and medical portion medical department. An Imperium walk is walking by. Alexander Wolf tells Dane he used to be a monster. Gee, I wonder where that's going. Well, we know Walter's not traveling over right now, so they nope. need a fourth in Imperium. There you go. Yep, there's your fourth. And Maybe it's a swerve. Maybe the fourth is going to be Drake Maverick because he's English. Oh, my God. <sighs> but he can piss himself every time he gets mad or scared. Uh, Carrie Cross's music hits. We're waiting for him, and then all of a sudden we go to the outside, and he is beating the shit out of Legato. Yeah. Uh, then Escobar hits Carrie Cross from behind, but Cross quickly picks him up and slams him into the side of a truck bed. Not Rey Mysterio style, but no, 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 no Londart, no Londart. Um, Escobar then rolls into the back of the truck. And as Cross tries to get in, Escobar closes the fucking trailer door on his head and shoulder. Ooh, you gotta be careful with that shit. Uh, especially if you're coming off a separated shoulder. Yeah. More on that later. According to my notes, Ask-O-Bar locks himself inside the truck in the front seat. Uh, Cross then says, <sighs> fuck you, rips the mirror off, and then put grabs a pickaxe and starts taking apart the door. Okay, why the fuck wouldn't he just take out the window? I don't know, dude. I wondered the same motherfucking thing. That was the that was the weakest use of that axe he could have done. Yeah. Just ask him, turn your head and crawl into, crawl into well, a Well, he bar. started to crawl the other side of the truck, so I thought they were yeah. going for the window, and then he just... Like, why'd you even get out of the truck because of that? He wasn't going to get you. <laughs> Uh, Legato attacks Cross from behind again, but he quickly tosses Joaquin into the truck, then Raul into the front of the truck. Escobar then takes advantage and hits Cross with a trash barrel. <clears throat> they repeatedly slam Cross into the side of the truck. They then drag him into the building. Cross fights back and then tosses Joaquin and Raul through part of the railing boards. 
that looked fucking awesome. It uh, did. It had that. It had. I've talked about it before. I think with Loomis, um, but it had like that real horror movie vibe where like Escobar thinks he's gotten away from the bad guy, mm-hmm. and then the dead bodies come flying out yes. of the side of the window. Yep. It's the fucking kill killer. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the the fucking presentation there, the oh the, the visual work, and everything was fantastic. Yeah, it was hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Cross gets distracted by Raul for Raul for a Ooh. moment, and Escobar. <laughs> Hits Cross twice in the shoulder with a chair. Escobar goes for the... Oh, I think I skipped something. Yep, I did. Uh, Excuse me. Escobar wraps the chair around Cross's shoulder and slams him into the post. Chair first. That's a little spot. And I really liked how he constantly worked on the shoulder. He knew his weak spot. Yes. um, More on that later. Yes. That's good. Raul and Joaquin come into play again, distracting Cross. And uh, Escobar hits a tope. Escobar goes to the three amigos, but Cross reverses into the doomsday souple. Cross attempts to murder Escobar by hitting him with a chair while his head is on the stairs, but Joaquin pulls Escobar out of the way. Cross deadlift doomsday suplexes uh, Raul on the floor, then power bombs Joaquin into the boards. Cross drags Escobar onto some stairs that are convenient, conveniently placed next to the commentator's table, and then Saito suplexes him perfectly through the commentator's table. Oh, that looked unbelievable. It looked so fucking perfect. Yeah. That was a beautiful, beautiful spot. I love that. That might have been my favorite spot of the night. Uh, they get back in the ring. One more Saito. And then hits Cross then hits the running forearm to the back of the head. And your winner, Carrion Cross. Okay. That's a horrible finish. I don't know why we got away from the cross oh. jacket. But just the forearm to the back of the head is just, there's no gravitas to that. It's just it's a shitty finish. He needs yep. something better than that. Um, now, here's my thing. They were working the shoulder for storyline purposes, and I understand yep. all that. Um, you look at the end of this match, Cross is really having trouble raising the arm at all. Now, I, to my knowledge, Cross has never been that great at a seller. Um but the thing that got me was Scarlet looked incredibly concerned about that shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is wondering if maybe he didn't re-aggravate something in this match because it was very physical and it wouldn't shock me. I think she might have just been selling because it's possible. But I mean, in I, reality, I, nobody's really brought it to cross this heavy no. since his debut. No. So and and and. If this match was designed to put a spotlight on Cross, it backfired big time because I came out of this thinking Santos was oh, 100%. far outshined him here. Oh yeah. Now you yeah. were not a Santos guy for most. No, of his but the, so this far. match was this match was fucking perfect for him. Yeah. Because Cross, like Cross, I said, I think he needs to get out of the cruiserweight division. I think he's yeah. past the cruiserweights yeah. now. I think he needs to be working programs with like Johnny and mm-hmm. and the, that group at this point. Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed this. I really did. Good. Um, so I, I don't like the fact that cross kind of, I'm not saying that he didn't sell the shoulder cause he did when it got hit, he sold it, but, 
but when he after he's given moves and shit like that, he doesn't really sell the shoulder. By the end of the match, he was though, and that's sort yeah. of what I'm talking about. Like he stopped and like oh, before he did the forearm with the other arm to the back of the head. So, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I th- I think he's all right though. Hopefully, I hope yeah. he is. Yeah, because I think if he reaggravated something, they would be like, go home, go home now. Well. I mean, they might have. We hadn't heard about uh, it yet. I doubt that because, I mean, NXT yeah. already went fucking five minutes over. So. Okay. So they were. that means they were already running late. Yeah, but we wouldn't have heard that they sent them home yet. They were probably just evaluating it at that point. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah what a match, though. Magnificent. Uh, yep. Joaquin and Raul played their part. As the distractions and the, getting their asses kicked for their leader, Escobar. And uh, everything about this was great. Yep. Uh, Except that door spot. The pickaxe. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. That, the, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that didn't, like, affect my likeness of this. No, it just made no sense. Just a little nitpick there. Bothered me. Uh, we then get a promo. <laughs> L.A. Knight does a super indie thing and cuts a promo from his vehicle. I mean, you say it's super indie, but Kevin Owens has been doing it on SmackDown, so. Yeah. But it's super indie. like It is, yeah. Wicked. I've done it. And I don't even fucking cut promos. And my yeah. two best goddamn promos in this business were in my car. Yeah. So. So, yeah, he's just talking about uh, the. It's his play to when he makes his debut, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> So next week we get Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending their women's tag team championships against uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And in two weeks we will get Io Shirai versus Tony the Booty Storm for the NXT Women's Championship. No mention of uh, MSK versus nope. 1 and 2. So I'm guessing that's probably on hold. Which I'm fine because they, they, there hasn't been any interaction between the two teams. No, no. And uh, but I feel like you gotta you gotta put something solid on the show to replace that, and I don't think they did that. Like if you replace that with Tony and Io for next week, yeah, okay, great. Mm-hmm. But you're taking the title match away from us, so I need something big in return. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm sure Cross will come out and kill somebody. No. <laughs> Can it be? Uh, never mind. Go ahead. Leon Ruff. Um, Riley. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole. Baby. Coming out to the ring. They show the replay of what Cole did to O'Reilly last week. Cole says he fully intended on coming out to explain why he did what he did, and he proceeds to tell us that he just what he just saw made him sick to his stomach. Talking about the replay. Um, no, I said, are you ready? Undisputed Era knows how important the NXT Championship is to Cole. He doesn't like the person that he's become, and he he's angry. He was angry at Kyle that Kyle kept getting opportunity after opportunity. But it does not excuse. Blowing it, he said. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but it does not excuse his, excuse his actions. After watching that footage, he is ashamed of himself. He apologizes to Kyle and wishes he was in, attend- in, in attendance so they could have this conversation man-to-man. 
He hates himself for the stupid mistake that he made. He's going to try and fix everything in a, try everything in his power to fix this. Roderick Strong then comes out and says, Wow, you really feel bad now? The Undisputed Era was built on trust, love, and brotherhood, and just like that, you shattered the trust. Adam knows that Kyle will heal, and Roddy doesn't know if he if he's going to be able to stop Kyle from doing what he's going to do to Adam. Balor's music hits. He charges the ring and immediately goes after Cole, starts to grind and pound, but Roddy pulls Finn off of him, and Balor says, fuck you, Roddy, and starts beating the shit out of Roddy. Uh, they battle to the outside. Cole then pulls Balor off of Roddy and super kicks Balor. Roddy goes to the inside of the ring. Adam goes to check on him, but Roddy hits Adam with a clothesline. Oh, boy. Roddy immediately regrets his, what he's done, and you hear Adam apologizing to him. Adam says this is all his fault while he's on his knees, almost crying. Roddy says he shouldn't have hit him, and he's sorry. He's his brother, and he loves him, and they hug. Strong stands up and puts his hand out to help Adam get up, but Adam grabs Roddy's hand and pulls him into a low blow. Cole calls Roddy stupid and super kicks him in the face, and Adam Cole stands tall after we go off the air. Go ahead, Jason. The era is over, and that's undisputed. We talked last week about like what, where do we think Roddy goes with this? And clearly now he's going to be <laughs> in line. I think that answer's been qu- that yeah. question's been answered. Exactly. So <laughs> I would assume we're going to get Cole off on his own and maybe a, a separate faction. Do we go Balor O'Reilly fish and, and strong as the new undisputed era? Cause they're not going to give up those merch sales. I'd be um, shocked. If they did. I don't think they'll do that because if they do that, then it's like it's UEV2, and that I mean, really doesn't it, work. When they kicked people out of the Horsemen, this the Horsemen replaced them. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't see it happening, especially where Roddy beat up. Finn was beating up I Roddy. Just, I, I don't see as much as I love. I, I don't see Roddy having a lot of success outside of a group. I know. And I, unless, I mean, maybe they do strong fish and they're just sort of a team on their own. And that's possible. Even loosely affiliated with Kyle. Yeah. Um, but I still think the end game through all of this, the, the final story is still Kyle overcoming Balor and winning the title. So we'll see. Uh, it's, uh, so what kind of match do we get here? I mean, every, everybody's involved in this. Yeah, I think I think Cole's taking the title back off Balor, honestly. Yeah, you think so? Uh, and I think probably as much as I'd like to see the other, I think Kyle's crowning moment comes by beating Cole at this point, and then maybe he defends against Balor. But the problem is that that sort of squeezes Cross out of the picture altogether. Yeah, that's fine for now. Yeah, I don't know how long you can get away with this this type of like secondary feuds with him though. Like you said, like we both said, you gotta you gotta build him back up. But again, like we said with Loomis, I think he's a guy much better suited for the main roster anyway. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. We'll but get yeah, close I mean, to those post-WrestleMania call-ups, I'm just saying. Yeah. So, do we... I mean, what do we get, a four-way dance? Strong, Finn, Cole, and uh, Kyle? No, 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 you don't. This has to be one-on-one with Cole and Kyle. Well, I, my Kyle, guess, it's going to be Roddy versus Cole, too. What's that? It's got to be Roddy Strong versus Cole as well. That'll You're be a TV that match. In. Oh, yeah. No. That's not a takeover. That's got to be a hell of a match. It probably will be. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... I, I'm really sad to see Undisputed Era split up because, I, in my opinion, one of the best factions that WWE as a whole has seen is amazing since fucking God. Oh. A, a long fucking time. First off, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Second oh, off... Still... Uh, it's I can cry a little bit. There'll, there'll be a reunion. Oh, eventually, but nothing. The first split always sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, and the Rockers had another match. Yeah, fucking 20 years later than that? <laughs> Shit. Oh, Jeanette was busy killing people and sleeping with his daughter, so. <laughs> and telling yeah. people that a porn star wants to make a film with him. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's sad, but we knew they weren't going to be undisputed error their whole career in WWE and NXT. So it eventually had to happen, and it sucks. But you know, it's we're going to get some fucking fire matches. Oh, absolutely! Oh my god, orgasmic style. Yep. So don't forget, you still got Champa floating around. You got all sorts of stuff still going on that's been sort of backburnered. So. The whole uh, the landscape's kind of changing here in NXT a little bit. Bobby Lashley said he wants a match in Fight Pit, though. So. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. As long as it's against Thatcher and Thatcher goes over, that's it. Lesnar versus Bobby in Fight Pit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's pretty much going to fucking do it for us, man. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. I think that I know the... The, the answer to the question, if I had 15, 20 minutes to go back and watch a match from tonight, or this episode of NXT, what are you picking, Jason? It's Cross versus Escobar, easily. Okay, I agree. Uh, for segments, I'm going to go Cameron Grimes' story throughout the show. Uh, for I would also say the MSK uh, video package. Check that out. That was really good. I mean, overall, it was a pretty good episode, minus yeah. the Zoe Stark versus EO match, because that was a clusterfuck. Yeah, it was. There, there were parts that were really good, but the majority of it was off. So, so yeah. If, I mean, if you got an hour and a half and you got a fa- uh, fast forward, Zayli and Casey is very skippable. Yeah. yeah. Unless you want to watch Casey get a leg broken, which <laughs> and then kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, you know, we always say it, and it's always stands true, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Please check out RundownWrestling.com. Check out, uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. I don't think, I think, I know we have an Instagram, but I'm not sure the last time something was posted. Uh, but feel free to enlighten us with a comment. Send us your feedback. If you want me and Jason to go back and cover something, if we can do it, we'll do it. 
Well, takeover is salvation, so we're taking all the old takeovers. Yeah, so we might just have to we, join him for one of those or something. No, maybe we can just kick him out for an episode, and me and you will take over. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Ha ha! Get it? Takeover. Ha ha ha! <laughs> so yeah, don't forget to check out our uh, all our socials and our website, rundownwrestling.com. We're on Patreon, all that good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said, said Jason, why don't you send us home? Uh, I guess that means we will NXT you next week. Oh yeah, I like earmuffs. My. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.